Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yes, here we go. We're on uh, keeping the ball on the ground. It's a video chat. We've got the two tremendous young men, Kevin Kyle, Paul Slane, and we're joined by an absolute arsehole with you, Charlie Austin. Call yourself, Charlie boy. How are you? How you guy? Yeah, good, mate. I've not seen you in a long time, Charlie. <laughs> I, I think I'm quite happy about it, Slane, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, remember that night? Who were you went to the Mount of Birds report? I'm married man now, mate. Oh no, I, that was years ago. <laughs> right, lads. Uh, how's lockdown, Charlie? You've been keep- there's no way you've been keeping fit, Charlie. I have. What you've been doing, mate? Honestly, when you got a physique like mine, all serious, not like that. When you got a physique like mine, you're not blessed. If you start eating and drinking, mate, pile, pile the pounds on. After after take over. After. Uh, well, you have to come to age, so. <laughs> so, hey, what have you been, Kev? In fact, have you been doing the dual wax? Have they big titties been bouncing a bit doing the dual wax? Dual wax can get the fuck. <laughs> 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 See, dual wax is on my house every morning at nine o'clock. Lynn's doing it with the, the four boys, and uh, I'm obviously in the kitchen making a fry up. So, dual wax can. <laughs> no, dual wax and me just don't get on side. And Slaney, your room is a mess today. What happened last night? I Tim has gone absolutely fucking wild. And on Paul, Tim or John Wax, he is an arsehole him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did Paul Tim push your bed? Say, have any of you seen Tiger King? Yeah. Oh, he had the, yes, he had the full ticket. He is a fucking legend, him. Slaney, I think if you drew a mullet, you could look like fucking Joe Exotic. Andy's face looks like he's been mulled by a tiger. <laughs> Me Joe Exotic, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, can I ask someone, Slaney, have you still got the windscreen wipers on your laptop? The windscreen wipers not? Yes, sir, look at this. Oh, my God. Sorry, I've had to message that the day because the amount of fucking times I see it. <laughs> I mean, how embarrassing is that? Right, ready to go, Charlie? Come on, let's have it. Right, we're going to talk to you about the career, young man. Everyone knows, started non-league until you were 20. Did you still think you could make it at the top? Uh, 
Not really. I, I thought I'd earn a few quid playing non-league. You can make you can make three four hundred quid now playing non-league. I just thought I'd just do that work with the old with my dad and building trade, and and that was it really. And where I'd come from, Hungerford is not a football town. No one's you wouldn't necessarily get scouted playing for anyone like them. So it was just about really about earning a few quid on a Saturday, but working Monday to Friday with the lads. See, uh, was there, see every boy on the building site that looked like Kev. Ground worker. I'll put you as a ground worker, Kev. Oh, well, that's what I was known for. Uh, Charlie, I used to do all the grime up for everything about it, and they got the products. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll be a bit like the show. I'm doing all the work. I get all the piss ripped out of me, right? It's <laughs> insane. to get the wee products and the wee fucking trips to clothes shops and shoe shops. Yeah. And my wee haircuts done. That's what happened to your famous Slaney, you're making us all famous, young man. Absolutely. Say, I must say before we go, isn't it just superb or we two Premier League players, mate? It's amazing, isn't it? That is, mate. That is very Five of Kimon to fucking Kenny Brannigan. Fuck me. Hi, <laughs> 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 hey, Charlie. See, uh, yeah. see, not coming through like a youth system and not playing in a first team non league. That helped you, mate, because like, I loved the way you played football, man. It was like raw. You were rawer than a butcher's counter, young man. Uh, it was, do you know what? I know, Joe, it was, I found it better. I honestly did. Like, my, obviously, I played non league from 15 to 20. But I was playing men's football then, whereas the kids were just playing, obviously, against each other, youth team football. They wouldn't, um, they might go and train with the first team once or twice. But where I was playing against sweaty ass, airy ass blokes, they'd fucking work Monday to Friday. <laughs> no, hey, come on, don't be like that. And then um, and that, that helped me, do you know what I mean? That helped me massively. Um, yeah. And I think that's what I just took into the game. It's all about just getting on with it. Because, Selena, you played at 16 as well, didn't you? First-team football. So I was actually 15. Um, so I was actually one better than Charlie. And uh, so that tells me a wee bit about us too. But certainly, say, getting in then, um, that I think it helps you. I think you can look brilliant um, playing youth level. You can look brilliant. You've got the, the parents at the side talking a lot of shit. Uh, until you do and really, really face the the crowd you're playing with men, uh, it really um, sets you up for a good career. And that's why I retired at 20-year-old size. So it's good Charlie, I want to stay with you, mate. But Kev, the difference is when you were playing youth team and reserves, you were playing against older top players that were still playing in the reserves, wasn't it, back then? Aye, but see, like, referring back to what Charlie was saying, when I was growing up in Stranraer, like, I had to travel to play like local football, so I ended up playing with like a, an amateur, which would be kind of one below, two below maybe junior football. So I played that right up until I was at least 16. So I played with men, but like I said, I've always said in the podcast before, when I went to do the whole youth kind of system, the YTS thing, I struggled because I'd never really learned how to train. I knew how to play football, but I couldn't train. But see the playing with the men. If you look at some 15, 14, 15 old kids now and say to them, go and play against men, they couldn't. They no, really, really not. couldn't. And I think that's where sometimes they get kind of babied a wee bit into um, their development. I don't know how to describe it. It's as if it stutters because You're when they get to kids. play against men, they get, lost in the, they get lost in the game because they don't know how to. Yeah. Charlie, what do you think now when you see what you were like at 16 playing men's football and you see some of the young boys 
And they're miles off it. I mean this to the most, most respect, they're miles off it. But it's yeah. not only the 16, 17-year-olds now, they've brought in this under-23s thing. And for me, I think it's more, they're preventing the players from playing. You've got 23, when I was at Southampton before, you had 22, 23-year-olds that's not made a first-team appearance. What happens if they leave and get released by Southampton? Like, who are you going to take? You're going to take a 22-year-old with no league experience, or you're going to take an eight, a 28-year-old that's got over 150 league appearances? Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think it's actually stopping them from going on to their and going to get careers in themselves. And they've got that much money. There's no hunger there to go and play. Any. That's why most of them end up just falling at the game, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I used to tra- like used to travel and that for a hundred quid. I used to obviously get up the next day for about half six, go to work. It was just that was just the way it was. My hunger was then, and that's what I think helped me and and laid lots of foundations for me to go on and, and do well. Oh, you see a non-league Charlie with the boys on the piss all the time. Yeah, all the like all the time. It was there was no reason not to. Yeah. There was no reason not to. Like when I played for Hungerford, I was on the ale Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That that was that, that was it like that was it, and then when I went to Paul Town, like I started taking a bit more serious. I'd I'd go on a Thursday. I wouldn't go out on a Friday. Then go out Saturday all down a Sunday, but that that was it. I had no reason not to. All it was was make sure you go to work, um, and that that was that was the hard bit. As you might know, troops, we mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago that we were sent a box of razors from our good friends at Harry's who were offering a special deal for you lot to receive a free shaving trial set. The good news is the deal is back on. For me, it's the best shave I've had in comparison to the other mainstream brands I've used before. With as clean and comfortable a shave as you could hope for. I'd highly recommend giving the free trial set a go to see for yourself. Everything from the shaving foam to the glide you get with a handle grip is top quality. Here's a Harry story. If you haven't heard of Harry's before, here's some background on how they got started. Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with overpriced razors, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own factory. By taking less profit, Harry's offers great quality products for a fair price. Their amazing quality blades are almost half the price of the leading five-blade brand. Harry's trial set includes everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. Weighted ergonomic handle, five precision engineered blade with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shaving gel, and a travel blade cover. Get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for $3.95. Support our podcast and get your trial set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash open goal right now. That's harrys.com forward slash open goal. Oh, you see talking about, obviously Charlie had a job to Bricky. What jobs have you had? Slaney, you were a carer for your dad when he lost his hands in a suit accident. Correct, Si. I've been a carer for my whole family for a long, long time. But Si, my job, you don't believe this, Si, I'm not this. I was a pool boy. By the way, Charlie's laughing at the way I look. I think, Si, and I can't take the grips with it. And this has to change. But, Si, I swear to God, I was a pool boy, right, in a hotel. And I used to have to um, test the chlorine water. Test the chlorine water, Si. I'm not going to lie. I had to put a big boiler suit on. Now, the boss came into me, Charlie, and went, 
playing a unity, put that big boiler suit on cover your face. Now I don't know if he was talking about cover the boil site or the boiler suit. I don't know. But Sai, wait a minute, I asked the story, Charlie, you are stunning, son. And then, Sai, I remember it. The boiler I had to uh, test the chlorine water, right, Sai? But I didn't know how to do it. So I carried on to the, the, the boss and all the workers I was doing it. So I see every day I looked into the pool. Everybody was doing that, like their eyes. The, the chlorine was fucked, Sai. It was a disaster. Just like what I'm having the new. It's a pleasure to be here as always, and I'm going to get my dick out any second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. Choose where you push me. <laughs> Charlie, me and you will do a press-up competition after this, and the loser will do something, a, 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 a challenge side for the public. No, wait. If you lose, Charlie, Selena gets to come down and find your house. Please, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, please. I'll tell you the dog. Okay, hey. Yeah, but you need to take up on my offer in the next four weeks. If yeah. I lose. Oh, yeah, bastard. I'll be there. I'll sleep down. Yeah, you put the job as well, Ken. You got slaughtered for getting a job, which I thought was out of order. Remember, was it the ferries? No, I, I've had loads of jobs. Uh, when I gave up football, obviously. Uh, I had to get a job, family family of five, um, and I just applied for everyone. Um, I ended up getting a job offshore, working on a, like a ferry, and uh, basically cleaning toilets, fucking making beds, doing dishes, whatever I had to do, I just did it. Accepted that's where I was in life, and I just had to go about my business, and, and at the end of the day, what room it was, a, a national newspaper tried to make it a front cover story, tried to embarrass me in front of the nation. Wasn't a problem because there was nothing I was doing wrong. All I was doing was just trying to provide for my family. Um, I had to go away and spend three weeks at a time away from my family to, to, to earn. So it was tough, but absolutely no like regrets or anything. That's just life. Life chucks these things at you. You've oh, just got to do. They'll never have a house the size of yours, young man. No, no, it's not about the size they of yours. Uh, they'll never have the career you had. Premier League bad son. Not a, no, no, that's true. I don't. I don't. Um, like life. I don't. I don't look back with any regrets. I've always said this. Like I've got. I've, I've lived. I lived my dream. I scored in the Premiership. It might only been one goal, but it was one more than some people. I played for the country, and I played for. Uh, I was going to say my heroes, but Rangers are not my heroes. Um, but uh, I did. Uh, I did what I needed to do in my life, and now I've got a lovely family, and we do simple yeah. things and have a simple did it, life. Kev, did it piss you off Kevin. when they tried to? Kev, did it piss you off when they tried when they tried to put it on the front page and stuff? Did you feel like they was coming for you? I didn't know it was coming, Charlie, because what happened was one of the, the boys that I was working with um, was taking pictures of me in action doing my job. Um, so whether it was wow. unloading, a, unloading like a, a lorry with, with, with um, chemicals or whatever it was, yeah. what was coming out of the ship, they were taking pictures of me. So then they sold the story to the, to the papers and it was like former 10 grand a week footballer earning 800 quid a fortnight. And this was all over the front page of the Scottish newspapers. And uh, here's a picture of me yeah. in my work gear. And see the next day when I when when I when I got the story, I felt horrendous, man. I felt I was in my room crying. I felt fucking ashamed of myself. I felt yeah. uh, I felt like a lot of self pity, and I thought, my God, man, I, I really really felt Charlie that I did something wrong. And then, but see the amount of messages of support I got from people saying to me, yeah. like, Kevin, you're out there providing for your family. That is the most admirable thing that any man can do or any person can do in terms yeah. of moving forward your life. So it took me a wee while to um, to actually get over the situation. But then I realised that that 
now wait a minute here, I'm doing the right thing, so as long as I keep doing the right things in my life, I, sh I should never be questioned by anybody. And I just yeah. look at, um, and, and that's the way I live my life now, it's just like, ifs and buts, you've got them Charlie, I've looked yeah, at your career, the fact that where you've got, from where you've came from, to where you got to, things that have happened in your career, up or down, you're still mm. going mate, you're still fighting, same with me, I've got a great life, I wake up every morning with the kids, my lovely wife, yeah. we do things, we've got food on the table, that's a lot yeah. more than some people have in this world this, yeah. at this minute in time, so. Oh, what? Yeah. I'm a tremendous young man. But anyway, right, Sorry, Sorry. Well, what were you, Sai? You must have had a few jobs. Oh, I mean, I done the night, I done the night shift in the Royal Mail. I used to, I used to walk to Springburn to the house because I couldn't drive. Did you, I had an hour mate to walk there. They, so when was that? Just when I went part time with Peterhead. See what Kev was saying there about the press. Obviously, I had a similar occasion um, with Amsterdam, and what I couldn't believe is, Sai, they hammered me for going away from home. The Scottish clubs in Europe say they always slaughter them for putting in bad performances away from home. I went to away from home and pulverised fucking Amsterdam and I came back to a shocker. So it's a disgrace. You're the best. Uh, you've got the best away experience in Europe since Celtic won the European Cup in 67. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Right, Charlie. The goal scoring, son. Yeah. Is it always came natural? Is that what... Is that why league clubs are looking at you, obviously? Huh? Yeah, I think so. Just I always score goals through non-league, and I've and that's where it just come natural. I've obviously worked and not worked it. So I just played with the with my mates at the park and stuff, and just just kept scoring. And then non-league was what it was. And then all of a sudden, obviously that must have been it. What was scouted because I got no pace. I can jump in the air and I can score goals. That's about it. But I I used what I had then at, at such a age in my career well the start as such I never went away from that I only tried to work on my heading work on my shooting and then obviously that gave me the proper boost of where to go into league football so see, see you're finishing you did work on it or was it just did you see when you first came out you just leathered everything there yeah because obviously what I used to do I just think fuck it because like I thought I'm at one week's trial I'm here because I score goals like now, you do shoot in the keeper saves that I just turn around and just go back. But before, I used to smash it. Phil Smith used to save it five yards. I used to fucking whack it straight back at him. So I just didn't, like, I just thought, oh, I'm here because I score goals, not because I'm going to be friendly or anything like that. I need, I want to get a contract. I want to start my dream and such. And that was it. Yeah. Was it daunting going on trial uh, a League One club with such top centre midfield players? <laughs> Craig Easton. Is that Craig Easton from the D-Ride? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I played with him in Scotland 21. Hey, listen, we when I well, see, when I just a quick one going forward, when we oh, honestly, mate, he went off his head at me once in training. Doing six v six, and obviously he got rolled the ball, he got past the ball or something, and I was on the other team. I told him to jack it. He let it go. I turned around and fucking scored. Oh, he was fucking raging. <laughs> <laughs> can I ask you a question? Sorry, sorry, sorry. Could I ask you a question on your goal scoring points, obviously, that led you to get a chance at Swindon? Did you play yeah. with the, the non league teams with a feeling of, this sounds ridiculous, like they didn't give a fuck? So you were always relaxed and confident of just scoring all the time. So when you made that leap from non league to 
to league yeah. football, he still continued that feeling of fucking hell, this is just, I don't give a fuck of a miss, I miss a score, a score. Yeah, because I found as a striker, when I played in the Premier League with Sun on a few games and that, see, every time I went one on one my keeper, I fucking yeah. throw like a, a big block of ice, man. I couldn't deal with it. I was like, oh shit, what do I do? I was overthinking too much, whereas you seem like yeah. you didn't think about it. No, I, I, I think you're right there. When I went in, I just, for the first bit of swing, I just didn't care. I just thought, right, I'm going for just, just don't change anything. Don't think, overthink it. Just all about instinct. And that was it. And I think very few of my goals I've ever had to, I've ever gone running through. Do you know what I mean? They've all yeah, been yeah, yeah. the touch and finish. This is uh, the option. Yeah, so obviously through non-league, that, that's kind of what it was as such. So I'm never going to beat a player. I know a bit of skill no. or nothing like that. You know, it's just, that was just part of my game that I just took into and the goals, I was fortunate that they followed straight away. Slaney, did you ever bother about goals? So I went through a phase in my career of three years, every shot I hit, I kicked the ground before it. So I don't know what was going on, mate. I lost my total confidence and composure. Um, but I didn't lose it in the bedroom, Sai, so we move on. Oh, wait, I was just, mate, I was the worst finisher of all time, man. I could not shoot. Oh, mate, I couldn't date yeah. You was. Remember your goal at Tranmere, Sai? What was that? Oh, left footer? Yeah. That was all right, huh? Yeah, that's a banger. Charlie, did you ever go through any... Uh, lost a confidence. See, see, see that striker. Is it really hard when you lose your confidence? I mean, he never loses confidence, man. Never. Yeah, that's no, why you play the prem. But I think that people every day, without fail, I would do shooting after training. Just even if it was for five minutes or for for half an hour, it was just something that I just wanted to do. I just need for me. I just need to see the ball at the back of the net. Right, lads. I've got another solution to help keep yourselves occupied while we're all stuck in the house at this minute. Seeing as most of us will be spending our nights watching the telly with a drink in hand, I'm here to tell you that you can order as much as eight craft beers to your house for the price of a single pint in the town with Beer 52. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash goal and cover just £5 and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced freshest can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. Beer 52 are giving you the chance to stock up on eight totally different craft beers sourced and curated by their good selves. Not only that, but they'll drop it right at your door so you don't even need to leave the house. Since 2014, Beer 52 have been on a quest to find the best beer money can buy anywhere on the planet. They are now the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent themes have included the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea and Germany. Your first case is a special selection of the top brews from the UK and around the world. This is a voyage into the Beer 52 Experts' favourite breweries and beers featuring silky stouts, crisp craft lagers and hoppy IPAs. If you're looking to stock up or just fancy trying something different, then Beer 52's Craft Beer Discovery Club is just for you. If you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Every case also includes the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash goal to get your first case of eight beers for £5. That's www.beer52.com forward slash goal. That's the word beer, then the numbers five and two dot com. Cheers. And that, and that was it. Do you know what I mean? That was Charlie, it. I see, see if, the fans, if the fans were getting on your back and you missed a couple of chances, would you go back for the next chance? 
Yeah, of course. I, I remember playing when I was at Southampton in the, against Burnley. The first in the first half, I was three chances in the first half. I was like, fucking one of them days, do you know what I mean? And then uh, the fans started getting on me a little bit. Then the second half, I, I scored two. I, I just didn't care. I just thought the next time the chance comes, I'm just gonna just gonna bury it. And it's, I think you always strike, that mentality. Yeah, because I think I always have. But I think as a striker, if you start doubting yourself, then you'll end up passing it or you're taking an extra touch. Where if you're careful, you know, if you every when you're going on a hot street, you start, you think that a touch whack. Touch whack. Where's your not? Another touch. Another touch. You've never passed the confidence. Watson football, because when you are struggling for confidence and it's shit, everything's the wash. You do do that simple layoff rather than maybe turn and go forward. You'll you'll think about what you're going to do with the cross before it comes to you. But whereas when you're confident, you don't think about things. You actually score a goal and you think, fucking hell, how did that get in? But it's because yeah. you haven't had the the time to think. It's a confidence thing and. Somebody like Charlie, I remember a guy, you, you know Kevin Phillips, Charlie, and he was the yeah. same. He just bang, 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 20 minutes after training, just hitting the back of the net, bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And you're like, why is he doing that? But he did it because he was the top scorer that he was every season because that's what he's... Yeah. You said at the beginning, you work on your strengths and you yeah. stick to your strengths because that's what got you to there in the first place. Yeah. There's no point... Is it Mick McCarthy used to say to me, oh, you big fucker. Why are you trying to do a, a Cruyff turn? You can't do fucking Cruyff turns. I, oh, you're right. Just fucking hold it up, head it, get in the box, and that was that. Yeah, but that's true. That's what I mean. See, you work on your strengths, but then obviously your weaknesses around you just try and tidy them up. Oh, do you know what I mean? Don't be constantly going over that. It's, in the end, you just think, I'm not doing that constantly. Do you do some of that? That's it, sorry. Well, well, you, first, I, I want to tell you about my first impression to this guy. He's the only man I've ever seen in my life that came on trial the first day. He looked, mate, you looked like you had hadn't even had a shower. His hair was fucking standing on end. His <laughs> were like two sizes too big for it. Where had you been the night before, young man? I had them Copa Mondiales on, didn't I? Yeah, they were fucking huge. Jimmy Grimbos. <laughs> I think I might have got them out the bin on the way. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> what was your first watch inside? Huh? What was your first watch inside when you met him? He was, when I first went in, he was off. He was, he'd been there a couple of months. And, and do you know what? He was an arrogant twat when I first went in there. Oh, he was at like now I see he was having himself massively. <laughs> Maybe you had that shit perm, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I was on fire, Toby. I was on fire. Do you know what I mean? So you're talking stories a bit, say. What? No, Charlie, no, any stories about this man? Not really. I've only just likes chucking pints over his head. <laughs> him and Scott, him and Scott Cuthbert were like that, mate. Honestly, like that, and that was it. Where one one would go, that was it. He was um funny guy. Oh, remember Jakob? Jakob, the goalie. What oh, a strange... We had some strange characters there, mate. Oh, you tell me about Billy Pinter. He was a crackpot, mate. Now, Unbelievable. Put him. Cheltenham. Oh, mate. How we got away with that was incredible, wasn't it? Tell the story on you go, mate. So we're at, uh, so we're at, we're at Cheltenham. We're in the box and that. All of a sudden, he says, "Right, we chuck the money in." I got on the track. It's like what? We chuck the money in that. Him and Kurt Ammon ran downstairs. Somehow, how we don't get rest, how this don't get picked up. He's Bollock naked, he's jumped on the track, he's <laughs> ran out of yards, 
Klingsman over the line, jumped back over, and then in it, about two minutes later, he's in the box. Maybe you were watching him <laughs> in the top box on the finishing line. He's running the full length naked, man. <laughs> Mate, it was the most surreal thing ever. Like, what is going on? So you're not expecting ever to see him until a couple of days later. He's been arrested. Oh, he got away with it. Mental. <laughs> oh, it's man. Charlie, what about when we uh, went, to, went to London that time as well? Oh, mate, we've got Danny. We, we obviously fly, and he's, we've gone on like a two day just a break. We went to go Windsor or something, didn't we? To stay yeah, and went on to uh, so we've gone on the aisle the night. Like in the in the day, oh, me, I'd rather just go out straight away. So, me and Sire at the bar, and we're with Danny Wilson and Peter Shirtliff, mate. On, I promise you, it was like we was like the grandkids, and we was out with the granddads, they were telling the stories, <laughs> mate. Was, hey, that was fucking brilliant, man. Yeah, it was mad. So what, what, did did that that what did Billy Peter do that night? Was it the bin? He was on top of the bin cart, wasn't he? Oh, about five in the morning. We obviously ended up. We were waiting to get a cab home. Mate, he's climbed up like the rails of the bus cart, uh, the dust cart, held on. His dust cart must be going 30 mile an hour past Harrods, mate. He's holding <laughs> on the back. <laughs> oh, mate, uh, he's an absolute character. He was one of them that you'd love to have in the dressing room, do you know what I mean? Because he diffused any situation for any arguments or any sour situation but if it was down and he needed like a laugh or someone to do something stupid him and Sean Morrison were brilliant wouldn't they Si? Mate, we, get, we got beat in the playoff final right Sl- uh, Kev Slaney we got beat on the, was it the Sunday Charlie? Yeah Sunday no on the Saturday, Saturday Saturday we got beat so any other team that like got beat would like be on a downer and just go him mate we went fucking mental man we, so we went point. on the piss we were on the piss like we got promoted we was out on the Saturday we met at four o'clock on the Sunday. All sit- That's when you and your mate was there tipping pints over your head, wasn't it, in the spot? Uh, have you got- and remember Billy, Billy fucking powerbomb through a table in a pub. We got chucked to it. So yeah. we- they've got to do for us. It's the county ground the next day. All the directors are there, the fans, stuff like that. So I'm in the toilet doing a piss. Billy Painter and Sean Morrison, who's the Cardiff captain, mate, right, come in. I'm doing a piss. Billy Painter starts pissing all over me. <laughs> I start pissing on him back. Sean runs and gets a, a fire extinguisher. He's fucking fire extinguishing the three of us in the toilet. Mate, we come out to the full fucking area, like chairman, fans, all the players. Sean Morrison, bollock naked, mate, then spins. <laughs> and that, honestly, it was insane. Mate. Everyone was looking like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden, right, that's it. Night over. But we celebrated. We was partying like we got promoted. We just got That's beat. Amazing, man. Yeah, it was what, what are you was that the craziest remember? team? What was it, mate? Was that the craziest team he's ever been in? Uh, that, that team is fucking mental, mate, honestly. Yeah, I think so. For the, for the way it was, I've played in some teams where it's been, it's been a bit bit mad. Like, But for, for that nine months of togetherness that we was, that got us to the, obviously, the situation of bringing getting promotion, it was, it was all just rolled into one. The, the band, uh, what the lads are up to, it was, yeah, it was very good. Remember that we do, no, they do like 11 v 11. Danny Wilson, for, for all that he took, he was some player. I remember doing 11 v 11 and someone was trying to take the corners. They couldn't beat the first man. He was losing his head. He's gone over there, he's pissing down the rain. He's got these Mizuno trainers on and just fucking whips this ball in right on like the money. He said, see, even I can do it. And he's fucking shit trainer. <laughs> Mate, he was the man, Danny Wilson, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah you remember when St. got done with the bike? I, 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 you know what? I remember it briefly, but 
was it no a Celtic fan phoned him up, pretend to be an agent, uh-huh. offered him a move to some club for X amounts of money, and they, they were asking, him, "What do you think of Rangers?" And he was saying, "It was that's fucking shit here. It's a crap club, and I want to get out of here." And it was just a Celtic fan pretending to be an agent, wow. and he fucking video recorded it and everything, so he got hooked right in the center. I think he got sacked. I, I think wow. Rangers actually used that to sack him because he, he was on a right few quid for Rangers in that league at that time, but he wasn't the brightest big fans and dads. I'd be fair to him. No. Yeah. So, what about you, Pranks? Remember any phone calls? Well, Si, I remember when I was uh, I went to Kazakhstan. Well, I trained with the Kazakhstan team in Turkey, Si. And we'd been in a training camp all week. And then the manager said this. He was a, a, a Chinese-Russian guy. I don't know I don't know how to explain it. But that's just to give you a picture in your head. And he took us out a night out and we went for a dinner. And after the dinner, Si, so all the coaches were there. The manager was there. So I said to a few of the boys, Moore will leave dinner early and go up to the manager's room and jump his bed. So when he comes into his room later on, side, we'll jump out on him. So we thought he was going to come about five, ten minutes later because we'd left, the, the meal was finished, side, and we'd left only a wee bit before. We thought he was going to come. So si, we, me and a few other boys were lying in this bed for hours and hours thinking, where the fuck is he? Say, I'm no, no word to lie here and I'm telling the truth. He walks inside with a bird. I'm looking on, say, come on, we are bothering me. Say, he comes in, we are bothered. And we're on there, and we can hear the two of them talking. So we just, we thought we can't fucking jump out now. So we just stood up, say, and walked out, and have never seen a fucking face on the two of them. Oh, say, it was absolutely magic, say. What's that like? What's that like? Did you think the bird was giving you the eye? Oh, I say, she wanted me to have a free time with me and the manager, not a problem. <laughs> oh, Charlie no, boy, I can't wait to keep you in visit you, my man. No, one day, one day. Who's, uh, say, whose podcast it was it we did when Slaney was going to go to somebody's house? Big Jig. Kept saying to Jig about his famous film, Jig, can I talk to your house? He's too small for me now. Is he, I? Oh, you're hanging about with Premier League players now, young man. Ah, it's superb, Si. It's magic, my man. Oh, you're well deserved. That's who you should be hanging about with, Laura. Charlie, what are you doing September the 15th? It's the 18th, you damn bastard. <laughs> September the 18th, Charlie. At this moment, I can't tell you why. We've got, we are performing at, fair, is it 13,000 people, site the Hydro? Yes. What? It'd be great to have you there, mate. Oh, yeah. Thanks, yeah. What? Yeah, if the dates work, yeah. So oh, find it out, mate. You'll probably win. Yeah, well, it might be an international <laughs> break. Well, I definitely won't be involved in that. Oh, sorry, sorry, can I just say before we move on here? See what we're talking about. See when you two trained together. Did you two just argue a lot on the pitch? Uh, no, I don't think it's not really. And I never passed. That never team, he, 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 never, he never passed the ball, man, ever. I used to set him up all the time, never passed me the ball. I'd never, I'd never that, passed, like that one. Just, that was just, I just think, give me the ball, I'm just going one thing was to the goal. Super, I love that. I just never, never oh, passed hey, Charlie, do you know who you remind me of? Do you know a guy called Fred Eastwood? Who, sorry? Freddie Eastwood. The forward? Aye. Yeah. That's exactly who you remind me of. Same, same 
No, just just as a striker, they just didn't give a fuck. Never passed anybody. It was as if they're training. That's my ball, and that's only my ball. Yeah. But fuck. Mate, do you know the one thing about him was like brilliant. Like you could tell, she like before a big game. Do you know when you're standing next to somebody, and you could just tell he's gonna be fucking on it today. Aye. Hey, what did you say to me at Carlisle Way? You and Scotty, Chris. Oh, mate, that was your de- your league debut, wasn't it? I was yeah. like, you're gonna have a fucking shocker here. This is what he's saying to me. Leave <laughs> David. He's going to me. You're going to have a beast. I hope you're. I, I hope you're not nervous. The nerves don't get better than that. <laughs> In Carlisle, you couldn't swing a fucking cat around and change him. Do you know what I mean? How small it was. That? <laughs> no, I didn't play. See, see when you scored your first goal that year. Did you? Yeah. Scored on your debut, didn't you, Carlisle? Yeah. Did you know that you would go on and demel, or were you still a wee bit unsure? I think I was unsure. Then, obviously, on the Tuesday, I scored against Huddersfield. Then, the following Saturday, I scored two against Late Orient. And it just kind of just snowboarded. And I think it was like 10 and 11. Yeah. And then I just thought, this is mad. Am I going to hit a, like, hit a blip or so? Then I remember, you know, I remember not scoring for three games. I thought, Danny Wilson's going to drop me here. You know, that was what I thought. Obviously, I'm scoring, so I'm going to stay in the team. But it didn't. And I just thought, fuck it. I'm going to score. And that was it. Seeing as we're all in the house at the minute, I've got a solution for you to fill up your wardrobe with some stylish gear during lockdown. Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service for men and women where an expert stylist pick clothes just for you based on your taste, size and price preferences and sends them straight to your door. Perfect if you want to discover something new or just have someone do the hard work for you. Traditional clothes shopping isn't an option for any of us at the moment, but Stitch Fix are here to help you treat yourself without needing to leave the house. Stitch Fix personal stylists, who all work safely from home, are ready to select you five surprise items to hopefully put a smile on your face when we all need it the most. I tried it myself this week and it's dead easy and actually pretty enjoyable. You go to their website and complete a style profile about your clothing preferences, shapes, sizes and what you like to wear. Then it's over to your stylist who'll hand select and send you five items of clothing and accessories which you discover when they arrive at your front door. Try everything on, keep and pay for what you like, send back the rest. Delivery and returns are free and includes an option free home courier pickup, particularly ideal at the moment, no need to leave the house. Stitch Fix have also extended their try on window from one week to six weeks. So you've got extra time to send anything back, which again is pretty handy at the moment. And the best bit, you pay just £10 for your stylist time, which is redeemable against anything you keep. Also good to note that you don't have to subscribe if you don't want to. You can order one-off deliveries whenever you like. Get started with Stitch Fix today and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash open goal right now. That's S-T-I- tchfix.co.uk forward slash open goal. Here's a question for you. Do you remember who you came on for on your debut? Exit and away, JPT. Yeah, your mate. <laughs> ben what? Yeah, big Ben. What a boy, eh? What a boy. Was he a, a good character. player? Oh, Ben was having himself, mate. Ben, yeah, he was. ben Hutchinson. Hutchinson. He was having himself so, wasn't he? Yeah. I remember we played Southend on our debut. We just came down on loan for Celtic. 
and obviously you're a bit nervous and I remember Danny yeah. also coming over at me and going like are you ready and I was like ah, I'm ready uh-huh. and Ben was standing next to me and he goes to Ben Ben are you ready and Ben Ben looked at him and went I stay ready so I don't need to get ready he got dragged after 60 minutes hopeless <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the old curly finger, that was it. <laughs> oh, what a boy, man. Uh, right, where are we now? Oh, here's the last story for you. Remember that playoff? Remember my mate came down, Charlie? Elliot Tosh. Elliot? Yeah, that's the one you tip, tipping the points over your head. Uh-huh. So, see that night? Plenty of Kev. We went back to the jury's in, right? And we are, we are steaming. Like, I never had any family down. I just brought like 10 of my mates down. So, we got steaming. Elliot ended up drinking a bottle of vodka at six in the morning, mate. We had to phone paramedics to come to the jury's in. I thought he was, <laughs> no, I thought he was dead, right? So he gets his stomach pump in the room. Uh, we're, I'm shitting myself. He gets his stomach pump. See the guy that's like basically saved his life? He had no hair. So Elliot sits up and the, the paramedic goes to act on. Right, just to make sure you're okay, what day is it? And Elliot looked at him, looked at his head and went, Baldy. <laughs> Tremendous, man. Uh, right, Charlie, then you go to Burnley. Yes, I went to Burnley. Got sold there. It was the first time I was being linked and stuff, and then I just thought, oh, right, I'm going to go. I probably should have acted the way I did to leave, but I did. You were desperate to go, weren't you? Yeah, I was desperate to go. I had enough then. I I felt like I'd shown enough that I wasn't just a one-season wonder kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was desperate to go. We were shit as well, weren't we? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I went to Burnley, and that was an eye-opener. For six months, Eddie Al took me there, and he was obviously completely different to what he is, but had a lot of older people there. Graham Alexander, Stephen Thompson, um, Clark Carlisle, like a, lot, a proper experienced uh, pro, you know what I mean? What was it? Is Eddie Howe, what was he like as a young coach? Busy? It was busy, yeah. It was good. I always do an extra. When I look back now, it was be- it was good. Do you know what I mean? It was worth it. At the time, you think, what was fucking me for? Why am I doing an extra 20 minutes? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why am I doing that with him? But it was, um, no, it was good. But going with the older ones for them six months, they was, they kind of run the club. Do you know what I mean? I don't think, and Eddie obviously didn't like that. And then in the summer come and they obviously all were shipped out. Did any of the older boys get on you, Charlie? Were they quite bad to you at first? Yeah, a few of them was like, like oh, do you know who was bad? Tomo, Stephen Thompson, yeah? He always used to say, I bet you haven't played in front of like a, uh, as many fans as this before and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I oh. Except, mate, I played for 86,000 a couple of months ago at Wembley, you Wally. Piss off. That was, my, <laughs> that, was my, that was my comeback all the time. Do you know what I mean? Charlie, um, uh, what do you think of that? People like Tomo. By the way, uh, he's the, Tomo's the, Charlie, I don't know if you know, Tomo does a programme on in the BBC in Scotland. And when I first Watched it, I thought this guy's got nothing about himself. But new site, men I'm hearing, I actually think he has, I think he has a massive character, Big Tomo. I actually believe Big Tomo could get a shot on it, new become a member of Open Goal side. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> he would have some, he'd have some stories like he's some cat, he, he's like some character. For the time I, I stayed, I was with him, like I thought he was, he would be like a big character as such. Charlie, see, um, see Eddie Howe, right? Yeah, I've always. I've always believed that top managers have to have a sort of nasty side to them, like Sir Alex, and, and actually even like Klopp as well. See, I watched that documentary on Eddie Howe, and I didn't see if he had that. Now, I could be wrong. Has Eddie Howe got that side to him? 
at the first six months at Burnley, I wouldn't I wouldn't say had. And then for obviously the next eighteen months, it was building like, and he and he because he kind of formed his own team. Then do you know what I mean? Right. Not right. He wanted, and then obviously for uh, personal reasons, he'd left and went to ball. I think now he's now he definitely had it. But Burn is probably out of his comfort zone to as yeah. such, but Bournemouth's obviously is, is very much home and it's it's his club. So what he says kind of goes. So you'd have no no reason not to not to lay down the law and stamp his authority, you know, to anybody. Yeah. Kev, see when you were down south, did you uh, would you have left Sunderland to come and see Alec Rangers? Oh, I'd have beat I definitely. Would you? Aye. Charlie, any any opportunities to come up here? Celtic Rangers? Celtic. When I was at Burnley, I think it was a time when Gary Hooper was linked six months, you know, before he went to Norwich. Yeah. He was linked to go before, and that was it. I remember coming in from training, and um, Neil Lennon done an interview on the on Sky Sports just saying that someone we're looking at. And I was on the phone to my agent, look, is this going to happen? Look, it's something that I'd do. Only at the time, it was just me, Mrs. and me. And we've one child. Uh, I said, right, let, let's go, kind of thing. But nothing ever materialised after after that, and, it, and nothing has since. Would you Yeah, I think so. What is the old firms? Obviously, the old firm Derby's the the pool, isn't it, to to play in the the SPL, and, and you'd want to you'd want to try and win things as such. If the opportunity come, would I go? Yeah, I'd guess so. Yeah. Slaney, sell them at sell them the Scottish game. Charlie, I, I, you, you, you remind me a European player. It's very similar to myself. Charlie, I played against Benfica um, and, and, and I'm part of the nine in a row team, Charlie. And I would love to have you, um, I would love you to be here for the ten in a row um, to make that come over the line. Next season, Charlie, Celtic's going for ten in a row. Um, would you sign for Celtic this summer? <laughs> We need that um, 10 in a row, Charlie. I've got nine at the moment. I need the extra 10 now. I think you're going to get the 10. I think you're pretty sure you're going to get the 10, even without me. Oh, here's one think for you. So, here's one. Kev, ask him what he thinks of the season should be void on Champions, because West Brom are totally Charlie, isn't Second, We're second. It's a strange one. It, it, it honestly is, but I can't see how they're going to how they're going to do it if they avoid the whole season there's going to be what happens financially to, to players and football club obviously the bottom three at the moment in the Premier League they're going yeah avoid it no no relegation but then what happens to the championship teams in the League 1 the League 2 as such you know it doesn't matter which um, which um, whoever decides because there's always going to be an argument for and against regardless of whatever decision they make I heard a good one the day that the Premier League or looking to maybe try and take their league to China. Yeah, I see that. Over there, because obviously they've that. got things under control, and that way we'd get the season finished. But that doesn't help the Championship, League One, League Two, the Scottish Premiership. That doesn't help any of them. But like, I, I just think that, that there's more important things now in, in the world regarding football. So let's just give yeah. football its time. If we need to take a break for three months or four months, yeah. take a break. Let's start it again in January. And if we need to rejig TV deals or European competitions or shorten them or maybe maybe next year, once they get this season finished, a Champions League, rather than have the big Champions League for our group stage and stuff, just have the Champions play in it. Just have like the 32 league champions from 
the top 32 leagues and let them battle out as a one-off I can't oh, the fucking Champions sure League. There's all sorts of ways of doing it, but let's not rush into a hasty decision that's going to um, upset a lot of people. And, you know what I mean? It's like Charlie says, they're relegated. The team's sitting in the bottom three of the Premiership right now. We're sitting, thinking, fucking hell, just get it null and void and we'll get another crack at staying up next year. Yeah. Whereas that doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help West Brom. It doesn't help Leeds. No. Yeah. So, what have they taken nine in a row away for you this season? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Say I'll be sick. I'm not joking. Say it's been a my anxiety went through the roof. Um, how they can dare take this away from us? Say the amount of work I've done um, to get nine in a row. Say is incredible, and I say it would be horrible. Yeah, right. We're going to go back to Charlie. Got to move to QPR, mate. Harry Redknapp. Come on, you and him. You and him must have gone. Did you? Uh, did you ever go to the horses together? Went to no. Nah, never really went together. Talked about it though, we never talked yeah. football, we only talked, we only talked racing. Um, I got a phone call, obviously, the whole medical I didn't that didn't go through, and then I got a phone call, I didn't have nothing on the table. I thought I'm sure start with but the season Burnley, it was two days before. Uh, and he rang, just said, Look, we're gonna sign, we want to sign you. So, like, perfect, went down there, it was mad. Like, we had players everywhere, players like, like Remid, cut obviously, is there. Adele Tarrat, Stefan and Bia. Honestly, mate. Like, you had two whiteboards when you go into the training ground. You had like under-23s. You had under-23s in the first team. But the under-23s board was just full of the first team players that obviously weren't involved. Anton Ferdinand. There about 10, 15 players that was on there. It was mad. Went, wow. And he just didn't, he didn't care, Barry. He was like, it was, it's not my money kind of thing. I don't want them. They can, they can go or they can sit and rock. But he was he was brilliant. He was some guy, you know. Not as much didn't do the coaching, but to put an arm around you and give you the the belief and boost your confidence, he was he was the fun for that. Could he slaughter boys as well, Charlie? Yeah, I remember he who was he? he slaughtered me when we played Newcastle away. He hammered me. You imagine being on the low on, on your own up front to James's part, right? He got got beat two, I think it was one nil, two nil. We I don't think we touched the ball. I must have touched the ball, I think, single figures out of the nine minutes. Hammered me. 
why aren't you running the fucking channels? You're giving out no options. I think he's mental, mate. He's mental. He's, he's, watched, he's watched a completely different game. <laughs> I've honestly, you know, it was mad. Uh, uh, he hammered me a couple times. I think he just hammered me because I think a few lads thought like he had he looked after me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Would you, would you ever give him a go back? Nah. Nah? <laughs> not, not to him. I just anyone else. I'd hammer, but not, I didn't ever go back to him. I just kind of just, just took it on the chin. Who was, that? Who was a good lad at QPR? Uh, the old, like, obviously, we kind of, like, two, you had the senior boys, and then you had lots of younger boys coming through. That was there, uh, trying to love Junior Hoylet, and that got on really well with. Um, but I was with Joey, Joe Barton mostly, him, Clint Hill, and stuff, the older ones. That was, going to London, I didn't, I was, went there with the missus and the kids. I didn't want to, Quite easy to get sucked in, do you know what I mean? It's quite easy to see how lads have obviously lost their mind coming down London. Everything's going on every other night or every night, do you know what I mean? Was there boys who would go every night or huh? A few lads would go out, yeah, of course, but it was like Adele Trapp, mate, he was mental. What a he player, was... Adele Trapp, what a player. Mate, he was a joke. Obviously, I'd never trained with it. I've signed for, Q- for QPR. He's gone to Fulham six months loan, yeah? Mind you, we're battling it out in the championship. He comes back for one day and then goes to AC Milan on loan. He's playing in Champions League. Wow. <laughs> I'm playing at Oakwell, Barnsley away. He's tearing up at the San Siro, mate. Why is it hard to link him? I don't know. I think it was to do the agents or, or something. He just never fit into his plans. And I think Adele probably said, I want to play in the Premier League. Um, and then he obviously had gone there, but he was some player. Then he come back the following when the following year he did absolutely nothing. Harry left and he joined in training, but he had some feet, mate. He had some feet. He was top drawer, yeah. Slaney, Kev, any questions for Charlie about Joey Barton? Well, sorry, I'm just going to say there before that, um, Charlie, see that changing room. See what you're talking about the Swindon changing and all that, and all the boys were close going out. Yeah. See when you say there are so many players, is it quite toxic that changing room? Yeah, in a way, because obviously you've got some players that are not involved, are completely not involved. You've got some players that are that are not playing, that want to play, and then you've got the lads who are playing, or they're just happy. Do you know what I mean? They're they're playing, they're getting on with it. You know, it's like little groups form and stuff like that. But there was like the older players that's coming from to the end of their career as is such, respectively, and then they probably on their last last payday, so they was never going anywhere. But he, he was very good at keeping them away from from the first, from the lads he wanted to be involved, you know, from away from the twenty lads he was only going to use. Charlie, see boys that sorry, say Charlie, see boys that well, well, maybe had the big pay, the big wages and stuff, and weren't getting a fuck. Would you say something to them? Would you pull them up? No, not at the time. I was I there when I went there twenty four. Right, right, no, okay. not, not not there. Terrible no, question. Sorry, mate. No, that was <laughs> yeah. not there. Because we had older yeah, people. See Joey, Joey Barton, right? Obviously, he's a character. He's said many things on and off the park. What was he really like as a, a player, an individual, somebody that you would turn up to train and first thing you would do when you get him say, all right, Joey, what's happening, kid? And what, what, would, what would he be like, really? Because obviously, we right, this, everybody sees the fucking antics right, of Joey Barton. So I've got, so before, the antics, so I've got all these things going on my head about him, yeah? So I turn, this is before I turn up to, to QPI at the training ground. The barrier goes up, park the car. I get out of my car. He's walking towards like his car. He just looks at me 
and gets in his car. I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, he's a prick. So the next, then the next day, he came up to me and was like, I said, oh, for fuck it, he's, he's right, he is a prick. Then he came up to me and was like, oh, mate, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know it was you. I was going to give you a call tomorrow. And all this kind of, he was top draw. Then we played Sheffield Wednesday on the Saturday and he said to me, he said, oh, do you want to come out for dinner, like you and your missus? I was like, yeah, okay, fine. So I said to the missus, she just packed all the stuff up and come down. I said, babe, like, we're going out for dinner with Joey Barton. She said, no, I am. I was like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we are. Like, we have to, do you know what I mean? Like, this, he's invited us, let's go. We went out for food with him, and do you know what? It was, like, probably one of the moments, if I didn't go, probably wouldn't have had, like, the relationship we've got or the friendship, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Top draw, like, come to my, come to my wedding and stuff. I'd go and sit, like, introduce each other, like, say hello to each other every morning. He'd just be normal. He, I think he was, a, he just wanted to win, Kev. He was desperate to win. He was a boy. He, he, I don't think he got enough credit for what he actually did for for teams. Do you know what I mean? His work ethic. I, he, that was what he used to say. I remember him going into the, this. What if we go? But no one was talking about youth team earlier. He went into the youth team and the twenty under twenty three and said, "Listen, I wear number eight for this club. I'm the captain. Which one of you playing midfield think you're going to come and take this shirt off me? Because you're going to have to work your bollocks off to do it." And that was what. But like he was putting a, trying to put like a rocket up their arse, do you know what I mean? Because you had made it when you're in the youth team. You had made it when you're in the 23s, do you know what I mean? That's, 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 like, that's an insight into him because I think everybody sees, it's like anybody that's high profile, you, they only ever remember the stupid things they've done. Whereas, yeah. like I'm pretty sure, I've been in a lot of dressings, Cy will probably be staying as well, where you've, there's a lot of Joey Barton type individuals who only want to get the best for themselves, the club. Yeah. They think about everybody else. But every now and then when things get frustrated, they maybe do things or say things, and it yeah. seems to be blown out in a massive proportion. Like Joey, I think, yesterday's gave out advice in regarding the, the, the COVID-19 situation in footballers. And to some people will agree, some people will disagree. That's just the way life is. Everybody's yeah. not going to get on. It's just well, part of football. Uh, it's good to actually hear... That he isn't he what everybody thinks he is. He's just no. A he's, he's, he's just, just do you know what? Honest lad. Like, Charlie, is he funny? Yes, it's good. He's he's quite funny. Like yeah, it's dry. He's got a dry sense of humour. Could he kid? Could he kid? Boys, and like a funny way of Yeah. How's his French? So I said to him, because we got close to him, and we were just talking. He's very honest. Like when we got close, mate. He's very honest. Like he's very open to. You could ask him stuff like, I, at first, we after training, I'd go for coffee and that down on Chiswick High Street. And I'd just be like asking him all sorts of questions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I wanted to, I wanted to know. He'd honest, ask him all, all about the shit times he had, all the good stuff. I said, what about this French accent, obviously going on, what happened? <laughs> he said, well, the, my brother and Tagger, his mate was at the end of the, like, of the room. And he said, he'd just come out of it. He started talking like he was a Englishman abroad when they start talking to the fucking taxi drivers and all this. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and then he just, he said, I just kept, I continued to do it for about five minutes and then realised how much, didn't realise how much stick I was going to get about it after. Well, I'm obsessed with Tarat. I love him, right? Yeah. You said he was crazy. Like, can you give us an example of like, crazy shit he would do? Mate. He lived his days. This is no fucking joke, mate. 
He lived his days backwards. So we do just say we've trained. He'd go home and sleep until like eight o'clock, half eight, yeah. Then he would just go out, casino, all sorts. Love come that. to train, come to train in the Ferrari, like by about twelve, yeah. Come like to that Ferrari. Yeah, no, no sleep or fuck all. Like he just train, and then he just see him back. Up. Where are you going, Taz? Oh, I'm going. Oh, that's me now. I'm going home to bed. Like that was him. He used to sleep eight hours from like after training till <laughs> like eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Oh, amazing, man. Car. Yes. Yes. So he's like that, Colton Car. See how your ex-teammates, Joey Barton, Clint Hill and Kranjka, are you surprised that Danny worked out with him at Rangers? Kranjka's top draw, man. He I was up there. One of, he was up there when a top that I've played with. Like He was top. I was surprised that it didn't work out. I think not... Like, the problem with, with Joey's one, maybe they didn't want him up there in the end for what... It, the, all the stuff that comes with him, maybe they didn't want to. And they had the gambling stuff that, as soon as that happened, I think it was any way to get him, out. Get him out. Get him out. They was going to try and grab. Do you know what I mean? And they they took full advantage of that. And they was obviously in the right ways. I think Clint come out of there okay, didn't he? Did he come out? Yeah, of he there? done well. Clint Hill. Clint Hill was good for Rangers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You boys would know that more. He would come. Out. And I am surprised with Nico. I, I am because he's. He's a top player. Maybe he just didn't didn't show. He was unfortunate. He did get a bad injury, didn't he? Nick Cranky. Oh, there. Well, there you go then, Kev. Yeah. Yeah. See, although he was a top player, Charlie, he had a big ass, didn't he? Like, see, up here in the game's a hundred mile an hour, mate. I don't think he could keep up to speed with the, the pace of the game. Eh? Probably he had a big ass, yeah, but his legs were massive, massive big calves, massive quads. Yeah. But that's what I mean. You know, when I said earlier. About some, I do mean this. Like some lads are just gifted. Do you know what I mean? Don't have to lift the weight, or they can eat what the fuck they like, and goes nowhere. Like Nico's well in with a physique. He has a couple of pints and a and a kebab or so. It's on there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's on there. Fucking time for that problem. So I am. Yes, yeah. And then Charlie promoted to the Premiership five years after being a bracky man. Amazing, that. That's incredible, uh, mate. Honestly, it was amazing. Like the the semi final, we when we and I scored two against Wigan, it was incredible. And then we'd gone to Wembley again. I was thinking, oh, I can't lose. Like I know how this felt when we lost here when we last played here. I was, I just, we can't lose. It was it was mad. We got battered for an I hour. Lost the game, mate. You did get battered, huh? Gary O'Neill gets sent off. Next one, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to get dragged here. I might get dragged there, like. He takes Kevin Doyle off. So he takes Kevin Doyle off and then he makes another sub. I'm not too sure who comes up. Bobby Zamora then comes on. Mm. Another forward. I said, up. He said, we going two. He said, no, Chaz, you're going left wing. Half an hour at Wembley at left wing. Oh. Andre oh. Wisdom. Andre Wisdom and Jamie Ward got no change out of me down that. I was like a young gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did Pardon? Any step overs now? I think playing left wing, I think I might have touched it twice, and that was to kick the ball long. <laughs> we, but I mean, that is an unbelievable story, that five years yeah. to chat um, and then going into the Premier League. What an achievement but that I, is, Mitch. Do you know what? I think so, as well, I'd not like this. If people could see not just 
Liverpool Town, if they can see Hungerford and Kimpy where I played started, say from 16, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe. It's like you, lo- I just played local football, so there was no. There's just the pitch, the dugout, and then the clubhouse. Do you know what I mean? Which was basically a porter cabin with a couple of tinnies in that they charge you three, like two and a half quid for. <laughs> I think it's, it's, really good, it's a very good lesson for kids that think they might not quite make it. Right, never yeah. to give up because yeah. there's yourselves, there's guys like Jamie Vardy who've done the same similar yeah. thing. Like, if you're good enough and you keep plugging away, you just never know. No, you never know. So, Lenny, what were you going to say? Charles, when you were at playing conference, did you ever believe or was it in your head that you were going to play in the Premier League? No, not at all. Even at Swindon, no. Even at Burnley. Wow. Which, when just, did you start to believe that? When you seen the when was, coming in? When I moved, when I moved to QPR, that's when I realised that that I think we we can. I'm going to play in the Premier League. Yeah. Right, Charles. Oh, you you when you moved to QPR, and that first winch comes through. How much I buzz is that, young man? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I bought a Rolex. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Did you really? Is that the first thing you bought? Yeah, when I was at Burnley, I had a Snide AP and a Snide Hublot. A Snide Hublot. <laughs> <laughs> I think it said Hublot. Hublot on it, I think it said. Hate the watch, man. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, she just was a red nap that got you promoted. Yeah, in a way. And then we had a bloke in there called Steve Black who worked with uh, Johnny Wilkinson, who was like a motivational person. Hey, he'd he'd like like him. Clark, he? Yeah, okay. yeah. I know him. I he used to uh, he used to work with the Newcastle Falcons and new, the rugby team. That's it. Yeah. So on a Friday, when the bomb squad, which is the reserve players, that did they make <laughs> the first team? We went to train with Blackie over at Newcastle with the rugby players that were bombed. It was <laughs> fucking horrific. Uh, I'm, you see, I'm not having them, mate. I'm not having them. Who, Blackie? Your man, Blackie. Everyone I don't think he's got a call of a piece of paper, but he's not. Load of shite. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, Simon. Yeah, where did him. you have him, Si? Eh? Where did you have him? No, I used to see him on the bench at Huddersfield. He used to do my nothing. <laughs> you tell him that. I'm not telling him. How is he? Yeah, I'm not t- yeah mad bastard, mate. I'm not okay, telling him. Mad mad he's got two twins, sons. Is that right? Si? Yes. See, when you played with Charlie, did you think he was going to go to the Premier League? Uh, there was a stage where, like, I think it was like the second half of the season, but, like, he basically got us into the playoffs. But I think we finished third in the league that year. Yeah. Before Charlie started playing, we were, like, maybe 10th or 9th or 10th. But, mate, he was just... Every, he just scored all the time, mate. I think, would you score, Charlie, in half a season? 20 goals? 20 goals, yeah. And then scored 17 before... When I went to Burnley, didn't I, in January? Yeah, so 17 before January, mate. Just, you just knew that no matter, I always say it like, the goal scorers, it does, I don't, for me, it doesn't matter what level the player, because you'll get the same yeah. chances at that level. I'll tell you as well, you know, Kev, you'll know this as a forward. It doesn't matter, everyone's, you just want it as a forward, or any footballer, but you just want to get off the duck egg as quickly as possible, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Oh, you want to score good. that first one. And I, um, I was fortunate at Swindon for that to happen straight away. I went to Burnley. Uh, I scored my first goal at Burnley. Keith Tracy shot. It took a deflection, hit me in the chest, and went in. At QPR, I, um, we played Exeter away in the uh, League Cup. Jermaine Genus hit a shot from the edge of the box. It hit me on the shin and went in. Like you just, you just know 
Southampton are scoring my debut at Old Trafford. Like, you just know when it's going to, like, as a forward, you want to get off that duck egg as quickly as possible. And then you know it's all going to, there's no worries there. No one's going to say, oh, you still haven't scored yet. I know, it's tough as a striker because I think when I broke into the Sunderland first team, a sub here and a sub there, I think it took me like 20, 30 games before I actually got that first goal. And I think it was in the championship and it actually came off my arse. Uh, Or I think somebody else shot and it came off of me and I was fucking running away as if I did a 30-yard screamer. And then went to Coventry. I scored in my home debut. But fuck knows what happened after that. It just went downhill. And yeah. uh, but it just happens. But as a as a striker, you're brought in because you you you've obviously been through the, the lower league. That then you're brought yeah. into Swindon, you're brought into Burnley. You're brought in to expected to be scoring goals. So to get off to a flyer, it's like, yeah. it makes it easier for you because oh yeah, we signed him. He's just scored. If we could talk briefly about the Sunderland documentary, Will Gregg was brought in for the three million quid and failed yeah. to score and has failed yeah. to score since. So it's only kind of going to go that way, whereas if you get that early goal, Will Greg could have been scoring 10, 15 goals, got Sunderland yeah. promoted and everybody's got a different uh, percentage. Well, you, know, well, you, had, you, know, you had as well, mate, you weren't just a goal, you were uh, you weren't your balls off and you were an animal, eh? And I remember watching, uh, oh, you'd obviously be in front of me and you bashed it and passed about man, like elbows and you were a game as fuck as But that, that was it, I think that's what you have to be as a forward. I'd... At the time, in the lower leagues, you have to, but that's what I think it helped me a little bit coming through non-league. 16 playing with full-grown men, do you know what I mean? They didn't care how old I was. It was, yeah. it was what it was. And then, just think, fuck it, why not? If they, well, what's the, they're going to batter me, I might as well get in there first, do you know what I mean? A good point, Si, you say about like his, his graft off the, off the ball. Yeah. Does that come from your appreci- appreciation of where you are and where you were? That you think, like, that's the least I can do here. If it's no going well, the least I can do is work hard. Or because if I don't, I'll just go back to hunger for City and that bit. Yeah, that's what I mean. So if you, you know, you think right, what what can you do? If it's not going, we have a shit touch. So try and work your balls off to get, obviously to get it back, make a tackle. Or yep. if the ball's not coming as such up, you have to make a few runs. But you just gra- just graft me balls off. But I think that was just part of my my game. Do you know what I mean? That was just part of ah, what it was. Never change. Yeah, just. The work, that's one thing I always, I do think. I've got a great question, by the way. Go on. See, your game, right? Do you think if you came through a Man United, a Man City, or whatever, the youth team, right? Do you think they would have, they coached the game? No, I've, it's all different, isn't it? I think everybody, you look at how many people come through at Man United, in hindsight, let's be honest, how many people come through these top clubs and then go on to have careers. It's no, only a hand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Including up, up, you'd know as well up there, amount of lads come through Celtic and Rangers that, that go on to have careers. R- real, do you know what I mean? Successful careers. There's only a handful of players that come out of each club. Go through the academies. Sorry, how many people, same with you, how many people in your um, age group come through Celtic, actually made it and then have gone on to make a career? No, to be fair, like our, our youth team have done well, mate. But okay. nowadays, there's a lot. Yeah. That, there's a lot. I see a lot of kids now that leave Celtic and go and play junior, mate. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because that's. But then, oh, there's a lot of people that go on and leave clubs and then just think, right, that's it. My chance is gone. I'm not interested anymore. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. the game just lets them slip away so much. It's. I think I've done it a way that I've really enjoyed. I'd never change it because it's given me the career as. And 
I would I say to lads now, at 14, 15, stay in the, just go and play men's football, local men's football. Don't worry about it. Well, is he just on read that? Any more like funny stories to him? Because obviously he's a ledge man. Yeah, he was a ledge man. Like we never see him. You'd only see him like, on a, on a Friday. Really? Like, just, yeah, just stay in his office, racing post, and that was it. Like, that, man. So yeah, what, it was. Would he would he pull you in the office and ask you for like racing tips, or was it just a general? He just, say, he'd just say to me, like, "How's your luck? What? How's your luck? What do you know? Got any information?" <laughs> Love that, man. Mad, mate. Boys, my, my hand's absolutely fucking agony holding this phone up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lenny, what have you got underneath your T-shirt? What have you underneath got in the box? Have you got trousers on? Are you, you oh, look, look, Charlie. Can you see it? Boca. I'm a Boca coach, Charlie boy. Not a problem. <laughs> oh, see if you were coaching Charlie Slaney, what wee pointers would you give? Shy, I've told him, um, does he want the boss, Shy? That's why I'd have asked him straight away, Shy. I'd have asked him, Shy, to stop being an animal for a start, Shy. I'd have liked him to have been many a ball player, Shy, and to play with the team, certainly, Shy. Nice. That's not you, is it? Um, I think I would not made a career, Slaney, sorry. That's why Slaney's coaching players nosedived. <laughs> Kev, Sorry, here's a question for you. Do you play against Hugh Ferdinand? Kev. Who, me? Yeah, do you play against Ferdinand? I, I thankfully never had that fucking pleasure because that's one man I think in my career that I would uh, really have struggled against because I think anybody that I've ever spoken to that's played against Rio Ferdinand said he was fucking shit hot, fast, strong, big, the fucking full package where they see his brother Anton Ferdinand who Charlie played with, I'd play against him every fucking day of the week, even the shape I am, because he is honking. He is up there with one of the worst footballers I've ever seen. He lived off his brother's name. <laughs> Charlie's played with Rio Ferdinand as well. He's played with both of them. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie be, I don't want you to put you on the spot, right? I don't want you to get you out of trouble. But let's just talk about Rio, okay? Yes, clever. Do you know what? Obviously, Rio come and... He obviously had all the person yeah in the background he had all the personal stuff going on. All right. But he we played as a free. He was top draw, you know. You could tell that he he was on the way out and this was obviously his last payday as such. But he was top draw, man. He was top draw. Physically he was in incredible shape. He his part like passing, defending, his reading of the game was second to none. It, you re, even in training you had to be on top draw to get anything from him. Why would he get on you, Charlie? You want to do it? Yeah. Because it, you could tell that he'd come from Man United or from like a where he was used to winning all the time. Do you know what I mean? So if you wasn't yeah. pulling your weight, like he was on you. He always used to say to me in games, he said the top boys used to just say, just to try and get shots off. See how many shots off you can get in the first half. See how many shots, which was fine, which I understand. But when you're at Man United, you can count how many shots you get off. When you're at QPR fighting down the relegation, sometimes you're only going to get one or two shots. Yeah, but that was his mentality, and obviously that's that's what he he just wanted to win all the time, you know. Would uh, could ha would Harry have a go at boys like Rio? That nah, 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 nah. He was clever, like he was clever to the old ones. He made them kind of run the team, or well, police itself. Do you know what I mean? As such, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he just he would, be, but he wouldn't be scared to drop anyone though. 
Like when he changed it with Rio and that, just whip them straight out, no problem. Who was Harley's assistant? Uh, Kevin Bond and Joe Jordan. Kevin Bond, man. He, Kevin Bond does nothing, does he? Hassel, Hassel, Hasselhoff. <laughs> David Hasselhoff, man. <laughs> What's Joe Jordan like? Hero? He was a mad bastard, mate. Oh, I give us oh, a he's story. crazy. No, mate, we, no, he never really had any, We never because we never had no Barney's. Like, we never really got in trouble, so there wasn't nothing for him. He used to just do the shooting all the time. That was it. He used to do the shooting. Joe Jordan. Aye, Joe Jordan. Like, no, it's surprising me with Joe Jordan. Like, he was this big centre-forward for Scotland in the, in the 70s and 80s, right? He wasn't even that big. I couldn't no. figure out why we had this big centre-forward, but he was... Yeah, he was very, very effective when he played for Scotland. He was brilliant, big Joe Jordan. What match was it when he was fighting with somebody in the touching line? Was it in oh, Milan? Could do so, wasn't it? AC Milan. AC Milan. Okay, Superb. Right, Eddie Flaney, do you like the horse racing? Well, I love the horsey, side. I, I love, no, love horsey. You love horsey. Absolutely. Say, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask Charlie about who would you say um, more successful in sport, Scotland or England? England. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Charlie boy, let's go ahead, head to head. Snooker, Stephen Hendry, 1 0. Ronnie O'Sullivan? He's got one seven world titles, 1 0. So we'll go to tennis, Andy Murray, 2 0. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got back? World Cup. World Cups. Football, that's 2 1. Thanks, Lady. Have you got here, Tally Boy? Cricket. World Cup. That's not a fucking sport. Give me a <laughs> in a minute, you're going to start telling me about fucking curling. Who else have we got, Slitty? Anyone else? Who else have we got, Slitty? Gary Anderson at darts? No, Philip Taylor beats him. <laughs> <laughs> Big fella. There's another one. Colin Montgomery. Not a problem. Nick yeah, Faldo. Sandy Lyle. Guys, it's not that far away for us being very many. By the way, you look like Eddie Hearn a wee bit, Charlie. Eddie Hearn. <laughs> Eddie Hearn's handsome, man. I would do that. I know. Charlie, who do you think I look like? I don't know. I'm scared <laughs> to say, mate. I'm scared to say. Go on, go on. Just leave it. Honestly, does your Slaney, Does your barber take a photo of that fucking haircut and put it on his Instagram or what? Slaney, <laughs> ask him. Slaney, ask him what. Right. He, ask him what he would do if he woke up and looked like you. Right, but just remember, there's the nation's watching. So be just be the. What would you do, Charlie, if you woke up one day, you looked at it, you had a shiver, you did what you had to do downstairs, and then you looked at the mirror and looked at me? I think I'd have to try and put a little, like, I'd try and have a shave and cut okay. myself to make me at least look like a, a, good, a good mark on my face. To like, so when I go down, I've got a good talking point to the, to the ladies or someone down the high street. Cheap <laughs> Charlie, boy. Oh, here we go. Last football quiz, but we're going to go to horse racing. But, Charlie, best player you played with? Van Dyke. Oh, we're going to come. All right, keep that. 
what we watched. <laughs> Worst. Oh, yes. 19.5 million from AS Monaco to Southampton. Guido Carrillo. He invented the drag shot. Fuck <laughs> He was the worst. What is he? he was, my eye was shit. What's the nice Yeah, at least he could run. Uh, <laughs> Mate, he just made sweat. The, the, honestly, 19 and a half million we paid for him, he was rubbish. Yeah, he was fucking shy. What about best manager? Uh, Redna. Why? Just for his all round, what he brought, jumping, stated confidence in everybody, um, and he just made you want to play for him. Do you know what I mean? It was no, but there was no bullshit. Well, boys, what we ask you was, think you tell us. Hassan well, Hootel just didn't like him. Who? Hassan Hootel, I just didn't like him. Oh, I have seen some of the stuff that's came out of her. Just sometimes don't go on with people. Like, he never, he didn't allow me to adapt to his his way he played. I don't think he liked the way I played. And then by that time in my career, I had, a, I had plenty to say, do you know what I mean? Oh, Slaney, so. had, Slaney had that with every manager, so didn't, didn't he, young man? Charlie, I've came across this interview as my joke on the in a changing room, I was an absolute animal. I remember the one, the two players you played with after a European night that I was man of the match, I had Winyama and Foster up with the throat. And uh, so that just tells you the type of man I was in the dressing room. <laughs> So I'm glad we don't. Sh- we've never had to share one, Swanee. <laughs> well, you can, you can. Other than Matt Roberts, have you got a worst manager? Chris Pullman. Really? Just because he never picked me, and uh, I didn't really like him. I thought he was quite arrogant. He maybe isn't. Maybe got the wrong impression. But he took Coventry. He didn't even do it with Coventry when I was there, and then when he took my my team Sunderland over. He did fuck all the either. So, um, <laughs> for me, I would just put Chris Coleman in that. Yeah, he didn't come across well at all in the Sunderland programme side, did he? We ate the them, didn't he? <laughs> no, I, would, I would agree with that. I could see why. Right, lads, we're going to move on from football to horse racing. This man absolutely loves it, man. How'd you get in yeah. it, Charlie? Just a, my, grand, my granddad loves to like to have a bet and still does now, and I just got him via. Uh, with him, you know what I mean. I just started having a having a bet myself. It was the same as when I was playing on league and such. And I always thought I wanted to own a racehorse, and then I just got very fortunate that I I could own one, and then ended up owning six. Were you never worried that you might need to hang a bit with fucking Michael Owen? Do you know? I went up to his stables once. I've been in his presence, boring bastard, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, bastard, like, oh, he's mean, he's his stables is meant to be unbelievable, so mate. I'm real R- reported 10 million they spent on it. Wow, it's incredible, mate. So, did he incredible. invite you up? Yeah, invited me up when I got about four years ago. It was incredible, like, incredible experience to go up there and see what they'd done. It was, yeah, it was lovely. So, how many horses you got now? Six, six, yeah, six. Oh, did you ever hear the story about Stephen Pearson? I can't remember it was maybe Piero with two other boys at Celtic, the other horse. I think they got offered like 250 grand for it, it was flying. 
and they knocked it back in the next week it ran and broke its leg and it got put down Fucking hell. yeah mate i think you always got to accept you've always got to, you've got to accept an offer of, of that i know at the, i say at the time for example that they playing in the money they wasn't thinking of it but yeah they're just animals at the end of the day do you know it's an animal do you know what i mean Charlie, yeah. do they still do they still do like um your days out do you still go to horse racing meetings for like a team day out and things like that or is that a thing of the past thing of the past now kev no one's really interested yeah, it's yeah honest, honestly it's thing of the past hard enough getting all the lads out for a pint now yeah i had a jumper ap mccoy road uh road wow. jumpers did he i did you get to meet yeah. him? Yeah, I play golf and I play golf and that with him. He only lives up the road from me. He's top draw, like nice oh, fella. Great. Golf, he's a hero, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah, top draw. Yeah, yeah. I try and have a smash. Is what it is, isn't it? To try and get out there to pace. Fourteen. His first touch. Oh, right. Not too bad. Not too bad. That's a bandit. That's a bandit handicap. No, Kev, I can get, I can play to 11 or I can play to... So there we go. Now the reality comes out, right? So the 14, if somebody tells you they're 14 or 15, it really means they're nine and they're, they're about seven on a really, really good day. That's what that means. What about you boys? Do you see any other, uh, do you have uh, any other hobbies at Sig Football, Slurry? I was a big tennis fan, so I actually, me, I swear to God, so I actually, this is me being uh, serious here, I actually had to give tennis up um, to play football, Sorry. So as I said, what a decision that was. How are you good? What? Oh, you'll be, eh? Um, me, me and Sean Maloney, so I played me week Sean when, um, when I was growing up. Oh, so, you, so you would have been, you'd be like where Andy Murray is, so we'd be calling you Sir? Sir Andy Murray, Charlie Boy, but don't worry about that. That Sir will come when I'm a celebrity. <laughs> Would you eat? Would you eat the art? Would you eat the the anus? <laughs> Absolutely, I've had plenty of them. Boom, 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 boom. What about you? Any hobbies, kid? Ah, uh, yeah. You know, obviously, I took up darts when I gave up football. Oh, so you were there? Uh, I thought I'll try this darts malarkey, see if I can get myself to the top. So. Oh, you didn't look like that. I hammered the board about an hour a day for about a month and then started getting quite good at it. So there was a competition, started winning some competitions in the pubs and that. And I went to the Scottish Open and uh, I was playing against, the, I, I was playing uh, in the first round and if I beat this guy, I was playing the world number three in the second round if I won my game. So obviously he was a big hitter and I was a big hitter for the football in Scotland anyway. And I fucking beat him three too, the world number three. Wow. Super I know, you know what happened with? I was left with three and I beat him with one double one. The pressure got to him. He folded Wait, like you, a deck of cards. You actually told me you were amazing at that, so why did you not try and do that? Because, see, see, it's like golf. You get to a level, right? And then see, you get to the next level, you've got to put in so much more practice and so much more time. I've got fucking four boys running about this house. It's absolutely no chance that... I remember what a funny story with the darts, right? With the wife in the house. This is shouldn't even tell this story, but... I was throwing darts at the, at, the, at the board one day, right? And she was annoying me. She's like, fucking stop playing that darts. And I, I pretended to throw a dart at her foot, right? And I was thinking, because I was good at darts, I would miss. I fucking did the miss, man. Straight through her big toe. Through the layer, layer of foot <laughs> her big toe. So she couldn't take goal kicks? That's why she <laughs> got something to do the bye kicks. 
there's, oh, a, Charlie, there's a long running joke with my wife. I was on the uh, Twitter one day and I said, My wife made me some lovely home bacon. And I wrote, oh, My lovely wife, she's a keeper. Then Simon says to me in the podcast the next week, When did your missus become a goalkeeper? So everybody <laughs> thinks that my wife's a fucking goalkeeper. So <laughs> she's oh, not bad goals, to be fair. She is good with her work with her hands. <laughs> oh, Charlie, Tony Hobbies, you remember I had that vintage clothes shop at Swindon? Yeah, what, what what happened with that? You went through a funny stage, didn't you? Vintage clothes and all of that. Oh, Charlie, he's still going through that funny stage. <laughs> oh, wait, we were making a fortune off that, eh? Was ya? Uh-huh, honestly, did really well. We had a little shop on Assos. Madness. Remember Carl well, Kennedy? Yeah. He used to model for us. We used to stick the clothes on him and take... I think he was shagging my missus, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, so you'd know he had a massive chopper, didn't he? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, you remember, oh, you remember I done him my prankie as well? Ipswich. <laughs> Said to him, we've got a long throw. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Danny Wilson was sitting in the dressing room when I was phoning him. He was on the bus, the manager. <laughs> We was, we, we was going to sign a, we was going to buy an Ipswich shirt, weren't we? With free Kennedy on the back. <laughs> what a boy. Right, last few bit, lads. Uh, Charlie, Southampton, Van Dyke, Manny, Winyama. How good? Who was the best? You said Van Dyke. What was he so good at? He was Rolls Royce, mate. He was so calm. Like, he'd come back for like pre season. He'd run like 15. Do you know what I mean? Like 15 on the bleak test. He just wasn't interested. And then. Um, what do you mean? Like, he got a low score? Yeah, low score. But just sacked it off. Yeah, just sacked it off. Like when the game, he's like, well, well, I don't need this. Like when the games come, like, and the training and stuff and all the sessions, he was top jaw, mate. First touch. So he never, he never lifted a weight. He never did no legs, leg weight session, no upper body weight session. He was incredible, mate. He could jump as high as anything. He was, he was mastered. Really was. Was doing that? No, he was good, mate. No. He was he was someone you want on your team. Do you know what I mean all the time? Slaney, how did you used to do the bleep test? So I absolutely see see that the, the bleep test, mate, and I'm sure you're all the same. See when you hear the woman speaking, how horrifying is that, mate? So that noise, it? It makes me sick still to think about it. Oh. Yeah, Charlie, I heard that. Sorry, say. See, um, was Steve Davis unbelievable? Yeah. He was as fitness wise, he's unbelievable. As a player, he was someone that probably went under the on the radar at Southampton. But that, he's got over like a hundred appearances, any for Northern Ireland, captain and, and all sorts. That's is he's you've got to be some player to go and get over a oh, hundred caps for oh, your country. Come on, I could get twenty caps for fucking Northern Ireland, mate. Come on, that's no <laughs> Please, um, Charlie, there's one I'm dying to find out about and I want to hear different about him. Sadio Manny, please tell me all about him. Mate, he was so, he was raw when I went to Southampton, but so fast, mate. Honestly, well, I, was, I didn't couldn't control the ball. He was just raw, mate. He'd like run into people. The ball would just still be at him. He and was rapid. Like, why do quick people try and do all like the mad skills and that? If I had pace, I'd just kick it and run, wouldn't you? Exactly. Just kick it past people and run. He was mad. He was he he was a crackpot. He, he had he was one of them. The physique, Kev. No, it was. All there, do you know what I mean? Six pack, leg, the whole lot, and he just wanted to become faster and faster and faster. That's all he worked on. Oh, what about off the pitch? How, how come he was a crackpot? 
Oh, mate, he used to wear the worst gear ever. <laughs> the worst gear. Flare trousers and that. Remember, he's got a hat trick against Liverpool. He's got a hat trick against Liverpool. He had next boxers on. <laughs> hey, Charlie boy, don't worry about them, son. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. wait, wait, look what I've got on, mate. In fact, I think I've got the sloggies on. I've got the sloggies on, look. What's that body say? Oh, sorry. Rod, you'll be after them back. <laughs> they have me swindling me. So, any likes of yours? I can't stay. It's just my big chopper down there. I can't get out. <laughs> that big two inch chopper. Oh, you can see on the bleak test. You couldn't have been any good at the bleak test, mate. Uh, no, that the bleak test. Uh, to be fair, I would level level 13. Does that sound a bit right? No, 13's crap, mate. 16 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, 13 was a bit normal. 16, the guys at Mickey Gray, nah, they could run the bleak test till the end. Liam Miller could run it. Liam Miller I could never understand why, like, like, you didn't get a medal for being fucking the, the best runner, let's be honest about that. Yeah. yeah. Like, John, Har- John Harson's the only outfield player I've seen that used to drop out before the goalies, mate, and he would not give a fuck. Mate, I'm talking like it was only a jog, man, and Big John Big John's just walks off fucking brilliant. Who's <laughs> <laughs> so the one you've seen at the league test, Larry? So, say that again, say, sorry. Any you seen that's really bad at the week test? Um, big bone Malcolm, say. <laughs> he actually, say, he didn't even bother doing it. You're saying John Hartson pulled it. Big, uh, big bone just refused to do it. I remember big bone Malcolm one day, he used to ask me to see if he said, say, and then before training, say, I swear to God, you asked me to see if he said, right? So, actually, no, I can't tell this. Uh, go on, tell it, it's fine. Bob doesn't care, mate. No, but there was, so there was a story, Say we were going away with Motherwell. So, I, I, was, I think it was 15 or 16, and Bob was saying to me, Say he was like, so have you been shagging a lot in front of all the boys? And I went, no, I get too nervous when we were out shagging it. I really struggled with it, I don't know how to date and all that. So Bob was like, it's fine, you need to get in a boot at me. So um, all the boys were just looking away and all that, thinking, who is this guy? So I always remember, say, I got into the showers. After we played Kluge, the, the remaining team, the Champions League side, it si, uh, yeah. was man of the match that day. But that's not what the point, say. Si. After the game, the, all the boys were in the shower, site, si, and I went in the shower. And uh, I remember Big Bob saying, no wonder you don't do any shagging with that wee f***ing thing. So it's haunting me for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, Charlie, Charlie! Charlie, 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 boy. Ah, that's the nightmare. My cheeks are. Ah, you're back. Ah, listen, I am back my very best. And Kev, I'm going to apologise for the last six months. I could have shut up the goals for my performances. It's been fucking horrific, but I'm certainly back and just in time for Hydro Lads. I think you're better when you're with big players. Big players I've been dragged in with the shite that's come on and uh, I'm really <laughs> raising my game now. Lads, that's us done. Is that us done? No, wait a minute, wait a minute, say, Charlie, what about Big Fraser Foster? What oh, about Fill the door up, didn't he? He's been in a stadium all the time. <laughs> Did you like him? He was so, yeah. He was clever, he's clever, you know. <laughs> what, by the way, do you compare to who you? Class? You, you fathead. <laughs> what? 
Charlie, would you see he's one who clashed? He's very, he's, t yeah, I think he's, he's just went through, he was unfortunate that Joe Hart was number one, do you know what I mean? He was playing for Man City. He was, when I went there, he was very, he was top draw, the best goalie I've, I've played with, i say, yeah. Oh, you surprised a lot of leave, Charlie? Yeah, but he's on big money, see? Big money and they didn't want him, but it was a strange one. He was probably, the, him and Al McCarthy, very good, just together. And then they brought in Angus Gunn and it kind of just left him as, he was, we weren't even third choice, he was fourth choice. Wow. Fourth, it was mad. Right, last question. What's the most you've ever been on a week? <laughs> right, well, thanks very much. No, thanks, Charlie. Nice to see you. Thanks, Simon. Kate, thanks very much, boys. Cheers. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.